Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched Midsummer and Collateral. I'm not sure which one we're going to talk about. Maybe talk about both. We'll play it like jazz. Improvise. You don't know what's going to happen next. We might even get to Wild the card. new segment. Parker, oh, God, do you is he going to talk about the jazz singer again? Because if so, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, do we have uh, any news? I don't news? have any news except RIP to a real one, Rip Torn, up there yeah. in heaven, drunkenly falling into banks again. Rip to rip. RIP, King. Yeah, it's just more... I, no one wants to talk about trailers and shit. Except for the fact that I sat down to watch Midsummer. And they got the trailer for a new Maleficent movie, so that oh, was. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, did you? Like that's a thing that was paired together by someone, which is didn't know that movie existed. So that's fun. Yeah, that's like same except the absolute opposite feeling when I got the Ready or Not trailer because I am there. Oh like, right, oh, dude. Yeah, exactly. Buddy. Yeah, I cannot believe they're making a hide and seek movie. I cannot believe that it's your next part too because I have to be there. Just assume that I'm already in the theater waiting for it. <laughs> I also got another trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which fairly obviously would be there. Oh, I hadn't seen the new one too. I had not seen that. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. I got very in. I don't think I got like a repeat trailer at this. Like even for movies where I'd seen one of the trailers, like I got a new Good Boys trailer, which I was also excited about. Dude, same. I got the Red Band one. Oh God, God. Bless. I'm. You guys seen the trailer ready. for Stuber? I've been looking for that one. I haven't found it yet. Buddy. Fuck yourself. <laughs> I've seen trailers for, for six months. And I just learned yesterday that the villain's eco waste. How does this happen? Oh, I guess I'll be seeing it. How is this? Yeah, have fun, Chris. Come <laughs> to let us know. Yeah, I'll be right behind you, man. Let's I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll lead. Anyway, um, do we have jerks of the week? Oh shit. Uh, I guess sure. we don't. <laughs> I guess we don't. <laughs> I did, but I forgot it. But I could. I can improvise. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, my, my joke was just going to be the real low-hanging fruit here. It's going to be Christian Hughes, the character from Midsummer. Fuck that guy. He's a pretty cool guy, if you think about it. Yeah, my jerk right. of the week is David Ortiz again. <laughs> when he said that he forgot his jerk of the week, he, he had written down Rip Torn. There's a line through it. No, I, I, I actually did remember my jerk of the week, but it'll come up later. Bless. I'll figure something out. It'll yeah. Come. Okay. Let's uh, let's just get into a recently like watched here, I guess. Um, I'll start as ever. Uh, first things first is I watched. I don't know why I started with this. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Thank oh, God, yeah. dude. <laughs> just you don't want to really watch movies after this. So. Alex, you assigned this to me because I like dad rock. Now, I define dad rock in a certain way. It's not just any classic rock. Dad rock to me is whatever rock my dad likes. Not anyone else's dad, but my dad. 
my dad hates Kiss. <laughs> my that does dad not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'll get into it, but uh, I don't hate them. The gadang I, liberals in their makeup. I, <laughs> Christopher, uh, the knights in Satan's service. Yeah, he, he said that Gene Simmons is conservative, so that makes him okay. So, um, Anyway. Like, I, actually, or are you making that up? Because that's very plausible. <laughs> yeah. No, he he actually did say that. Anyway, hate uh, to see I that. will admit I like the song Black Diamond. Uh, I like Detroit Rock City. That's about it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so the movie is almost. What, what do you think is the worst part of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? Yes, all of the above <laughs> to whatever you're about to say. So everyone's heard about this uh, back when i used to watch like a, a lot of really bad movies kiss meets the phantom park was on there i was like even i'm not gonna watch that turns out there's a reason for it because this movie is almost impossible to look at it was, the entire film was run through like dirty ground trash water so it, the whole thing just looks shitty Could part of it's because it's a tv movie but oh it just looks awful all the members of kiss have superpowers uh one of them can no, shoot, that part's like, real yeah one of them can shoot a star <laughs> Uh, I guess Gene Simmons has a really long tongue. That's his super. Now he has super strength or something and breathe fire. One of them can teleport. One of them has cat-like abilities. It's Peter Chris. What a shock! Sorry, what? Yeah, one dumb. can teleport, <laughs> and one has cat-like abilities. Correct, no, dude. It was impossible. Oh, to did, see. did you think the makeup was just like random every night, dude? They're all characters. Yeah, exactly. I know, but just imagine that conversation. Yeah, I could just teleport here or there. Well, right you have to understand, I, if we go through the history, this, the movie came uh, out. I shit in the sand and then bury it. <laughs> My owner tries to marry me off to the orange man's dog. So he can <laughs> 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 <Fuck off>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, you have to understand that back in 1977, Kiss was the number one band in the world, according to several polls. And the record company felt like, okay, we've kind of reached our peak with this whole music thing. We should try to transfer Kiss into other forms of media. And they did that with a TV movie that everyone hated. Um, at one point, Kiss is in full makeup in the middle of the day, sitting on like lawn chairs by the edge of a pool. And I think my mind touched the void when I saw this. And they're just talking in their normal voices. And they have the strongest like New York accents I've ever heard. And it just sounds dreadful, and the whole movie is incomprehensible, and it's bad. And they don't even play Detroit Rock City. So, also, Gene Simmons is like that kid in third grade who figures out he can like turn his eyelid inside out. He goes around grossing out all the girls, and no one tells him like really sternly to cut it out. So he just does it for the rest of his life. That's what he's doing with his tongue, because he's constantly doing the tongue thing. Why are you doing the tongue thing during Beth? That little soft rock emotional song? You don't need to do the tongue thing, dude. You know, I keep saying that the 70s was the worst decade. <laughs> week after week, I feel vindicated in my takes. Yeah, alright. Anyway, You're the next... Wrong. So I would, I would say the most important thing about uh, Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park is it's one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Thank you so much, Alex. The Got next you, buddy. One, the next one I watched was far better. I watched Tiptoes. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked these out back to back huh? yeah I did I was like well might as well eat that bullet now um, so Tiptoes as I've mentioned uh, or as I think Alex mentioned stars Matthew McConaughey uh, Gary Oldman a woman and Peter Dinklage <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey wants to marry a woman but he doesn't want to uh, introduce her to his family because they're all Dwarves, little people, midgets, I don't know, pick your favorite. And uh, 
you'd think, oh, wow, you know, member of his family, you could have, like, his brother played by Peter Dinklage, right? No. You would think. They, they instead, <laughs> you would think. He's instead, on set. <laughs> instead, they have Gary Oldman walking on his knees. Uh, I think they wanted a better actor. Yeah, I said it. What's he going to do? Kick me in the shin? So, anyway, Gary Take Oldman that. plays his brother. Um, and Gary Oldman, I will admit, is pretty good at walking on his knees and delivering lines of thing and... This movie really sucks, dude. Uh, Peter Dinklage's character is completely vestigial. Why would you have one of the best uh, small actors in here if you're not going to give him like a significant performance? All he does, he plays like some French Marxist who goes around talking about the establishment and fucking this regular sized woman. It is dreadful. <laughs> it's. I almost. So you're really saying he should have been the B and B movie. <laughs> I'll have a regular woman for me because I am regular. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's besides the fact that it's offensive on its face, almost in a cannibal holocaust sort of way, because you're, it's a lot about it's like, oh, you should treat little people with respect, you know. But clearly, the director's not. You're casting Gary Oldman on his knees because you looked at all the little actors and said, no, none of you are good enough to play Matthew McConaughey's brother in this movie that no one's gonna like anyway, because it's really. It, it goes nowhere. It says nothing. It does nothing. There is no point to this movie existing. Chris, did uh, did you read the IMDb trivia for this? Uh, I glanced at it. What, what was uh, the big one? I laughed really hard at the idea that this movie has a Snyder cut that's like twice as long. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Peter Dinklage like, says that there was like 20 minutes there missing and it was a really beautiful movie with it. You know what, dude? I don't believe you. <laughs> it's like a three-hour cut of this midget love movie. And like everyone involved is like, absolutely furious with the studio because this 90 minute like screwball comedy came out instead well, I wouldn't <laughs> so call this cool. a screwball comedy at all <laughs> this is it's almost like offensive at one point to me uh, <laughs> it's just a one though right just the one point the one point what? everything else is just offensive at the one point everything else is pretty cool you're saying <laughs> what with Gary Oldman walking on his knees no it's, it's just boring really that's that's the worst thing to me uh, Why don't you do have, any other midget tricks, Gary? It does have a. <laughs> it does have the little guy from Twin Peaks. Remember the the guy from the Red Room, who dances. I'm sure, I do. Yeah, he's in it. Was Vern Troyer busy for this movie? Or apparently, yeah. Oh, two thousand. Do you think they got the guy with the from the Ba with the Ba video too? Uh, maybe. <laughs> like any of those dudes that pulled the airplane against the elephant on Man vs. Beast. <laughs> anyway, um, it's not very good. Thank you. Alex, so much for assigning me <laughs> this. Gotcha, buddy. So let's get oh, into some. Video. <laughs> You're gonna be okay, right? No. Um, okay, so I I watched some horror movies from the list. First, I watched The Mask of Fu Manchu. Racist. Then I moved on to <laughs> Mad. You don't Mad say. Don't say. <laughs> <laughs> then I moved on. Ninety to... minutes of people going, "Dong, where is my automobile?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hong Kong Fooey, but no animals. So, oh, anyway. boy. That sounds really good. <laughs> so then I watched actually a movie that's pretty interesting. It's called Mad Love, 1935, and it's got Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre is so easily the best part of this movie and so clearly better than everyone else who is acting in horror movies during this period. He's so much fun to watch. Your eyes are glued to the screen whenever he's on there. Unfortunately, the science is bunk, and it sort of ruins it. So the basic plot is like... Uh, Peter Laurie is like a mad scientist sort of guy, but he's a surgeon, keep that in mind, uh, and he's lusting after this woman. The woman doesn't like him because 
fuck it is Peter Lorre, and uh, she's married to a pianist, and they go on the train. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pianist, the pianist uh, gets crushed, and he's just say adopt. piano player. We're gonna keep <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Her husband <laughs> gets his hands crushed. You would laugh even harder at a piano player or something like that. He gets his hands crushed, and he has to have them amputated. And if he loses his hands, he loses his job. They, I mean, this is 1935, so they're going to lose their career. Anyway, uh, so he has his hands uh, amputated, and don't worry, I have a replacement. There's this knife thrower who uh, was recently executed for uh, throwing knives. And uh, so he takes off nice. that corpse's hands and puts them onto the husband. And the uh, husband is unable to play the piano, but, you know, that makes sense. Like, these are new hands. You have to get used to, like, the nerves and stuff like that. But he's really good at throwing knives. The hands want to throw knives. And he ends up killing his father. Uh, anyway, kind of a decent movie. I didn't even know though... Ron Paul was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope that was worth it. <laughs> was Parker? I will admit, you might actually need to see this just because the the plot is so stupid and Peter Lorre is so actually good in it. So keep it in the back of your mind. What you absolutely do not need to see is 1932's White Zombie. Jesus Christ! What an awful movie. It's so boring. Like nothing happens. Rob Zombie, you are boring. If you're, and I know you are listening to this. You're boring. Take that guy who wasn't involved in this movie. No, he likes it though. So he likes a lot of things that are questionable. Yeah, such I, as his own music. Yeah. Ooh. So then I want oh, a couple. I uh, I don't really feel very strongly about Return of the Vampire, which is by Lou Landers, who I really liked as a producer. But this one's a less memorable work of his. But he'll come back up. I'll mention him again. Then I watched it, The Terror from Beyond Space, also known as it, The Vampire from Beyond Space. I didn't love it. It's all right. And I felt kind of bad because it turns out that John Carpenter really, really liked this movie and it was part of the inspiration for the thing. I, it really just didn't grab me. So I'm sorry. Uh, next up was 1943's I Walked with a Zombie, which is barely a horror movie. Um, this is by Jacques Turner, who I mentioned is probably the most underrated horror director of all time. So this one's actually pretty good. I might give that one a recommendation. Then I watched Wishmaster. The effects were pretty nice. But after oh, that, I watched... <laughs> buddy. Tell me about your Wishmaster experience. Well, first I want to say, Alex, have you seen yeah. Wishmaster? I have not seen Wishmaster. Parker, this is a future episode. Yeah, it's a thousand percent a future episode. God bless. That opening scene where Parker said it was like one of the most incredible things he'd ever seen. Boy, did you sell it short. <laughs> it's... That part it where is this, all inspiring. That part where the skeleton gets out of the guy's body, I was grinning from ear to ear. And I have to admit, Parker, you're right. You know, if you ever get that feeling like you watch a British comedy, Alex, you know, do you watch those all the time? And you start like sort of speaking in a British accent after you watch it. Ah, uh, yes, classic British comedy of I'm going to raise my voice very high and talk like a woman. Yeah, it's, that's the whole joke. It's satire. Anyway. I was I was talking I was talking like the Jin in Wishmaster for at least three hours afterward. Walking around with that fucking fire marshal Bill expression on his face the entire movie and talking in this cadence. Let me show you something. Do you uh, want treats everlasting, Christopher? <laughs> it's so so good. 
Do you like the part at the end where the painting of Jack the Ripper comes to life for some reason? <laughs> yes. That's the <laughs> thing, is, like, I thought that they were going to be more clever with it, and instead, the logic of this movie False. is so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's it, it's almost entertaining how inept they are with the logic in this movie, because they're kind of doing, like, the careful what you wish for thing. Like, I, this sounds stupid, but one of the better examples is Calypso from Twisted Metal. It's like, oh, you wish for this, and instead, you got this instead. It's, like, way better that way. This Twisted Metal's going on the next bingo card, by the way. Yes. Okay, fair. Um, <laughs> and it just gets to me because there are so many opportunities that it kind of feels like they missed them. Parker, the played one, uh, I quite liked. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the funniest scene in the movie to me was a Kane Hodder scene. <laughs> I, it's really good. Not because he walked through him. Oh, yeah. Also because yeah. of his haircut. Also that. But just, that was the final reaction. It was just like... Uh, what would you like me to do? I'd like you to turn around and go away. No. 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 <laughs> you foiled me. Wishmaster is so good because they know this movie is called Wishmaster. So there's a main character, but you never go ten minutes without him just walking past a random person, asking them what they want, and then killing them violently. There's some weird, awful irony. God bless. It's so fucking good. Now, I'm not saying Wishmaster 2 is a good movie, but I'm saying there's a scene where a man wishes for his lawyer to go fuck himself. And he does. <laughs> See, that's he the sure thing. He sure does like... just bend backwards. I'm going to say, that's like way better than the fucking logic in this movie, because that one, remember the black woman, she's like, I wish to be beautiful or something like that? He turns her into a really hideous mannequin. I was like, wait, you didn't listen to what she wanted. We talk about the greatest jump scare I've ever seen, which is just a dude walking into frame with a jar full of eyeballs. There are three fake-out jump scares, and I love them so much, but that one in particular is the best. That prop is going in the terrible studio. Sideshow Bob-looking motherfucker gets scared, and then gets past that, walks in the room, and just sees this monster in a trench coat messing with the body. He's like, hey man, what are you doing in here? I remember thinking that guy's like looking around. He shakes that... Just shakes that jar full of eyeballs on the camera, goes boodly boodly boodly, and goes away. <laughs> I loved him. It's really good. It is incredibly good. And then I watched very easily the scariest movie of this week. And Parker, you gotta see this one. This is a a silent foreign movie. And good luck, from, buddy. It's a 1926 one. And let me back this one up. Uh-oh. I think this movie's terrifying. It's called A Page of Madness. It's borderline incomprehensible because there are no intertitles and a third of the movie is missing. And I think that's what makes it even scarier because it really feels like this is what that uh, clip from The Ring should have been. You know, this should have been on that videotape. It it features some really distorted expressions and it, it looks like you're watching almost like archive footage of an insane asylum. And it feels like if there was, like, a little bit more lore, if someone started, like, an internet rumor, you know, like, creepypasta shit, like, about this movie, that it would, like, sort of, like, build a reputation. This is worth your time. Uh, I'm I'm really serious about this. A Page of Madness. What's it called is, again? Okay. Page yeah. I, I definitely recommend it. So give that one a shot. Then I watched a movie that is on the list but is absolutely not a horror movie. It's, despite the title, this is a, the directorial debut of Robert Wise, who I quite like. It's called The Curse of the Cat People. 
There are no curses in it. There are no cats. No, there are nary there a are, cat person. There are there are a few people. So uh, <laughs> one for three, it's fine. Yeah, I, Parker, did you ever see Cat People, the original version? Yes, that's a pretty good. I do movie. not remember much. It's 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 pretty good, but I think this is actually a lot better. This one just works as a drama, and you're just really interested. You feel really bad for the little girl in it, and you're you're hoping her family will stay intact and. It's just a really good movie. It's way better than I was expecting. So, so for the record, there's there's no Peter Chris in that one. There is no uh, Peter Chris. In this. I was waiting for my shot. Damn it! <laughs> you just gotta step roll. on him sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> oh, someone say step on me. So uh, next up is Island of Lost Souls, which is the island of Doctor Moreau. and it's got Charles Lawton, and he's really great in it. But I found myself wanting Val Kilmer. I mean, how could I you mean, know? Whom amongst us? <laughs> <laughs> then I watched The Seventh Victim, which is somehow the second best film noir that I saw this week. The best was Collateral. Uh, Correct. Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that baton pass. Shit. Um, <laughs> all right. So, as you guys know, well, I guess it's hot all the time where Parker is, but us God in almighty. places, us in places with real seasons, you know, summer's really in full swing right now. Yeah. Uh, the sun is out. The birds are being forced out of the air by all of the mosquitoes that make being outside miserable. And it, it just being outside, it makes me think of one thing and only one thing. Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> so, in case you're curious, that Squatch documentary that's on Netflix, the new one, you can skip it unless you like people in really ill-fitting suits just talking into the camera. Because wow. it's a whole lot of that. Like, I mean, not they don't even, like, spring for, like, reenactments. It's just, like, drawn pictures of Bigfoot. Like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> like, it was, like, kind of funny for, like, 40 minutes. I'm like, oh, I've got another, like, two hours of this. Uh, nothing's happening. Okay. But then I watched something that I actually do want to talk about. Which is a uh, 1972 movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh, <gasps> buddy. Oh, buddy. dude. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> yes. Um, so... First things first, like, this is shot, like, docudrama style, so it's it's presented as, basically, as a documentary with reenactments. Um, there's a lot of Blair Witch DNA here, like, I can see a lot of things, like, you can tell the people that were responsible for Blue, Blair Witch have at least seen this movie several times, because a lot of the things they do, like, just... For the record, like it's it's dated. It's from the seventies. It looks like it was made for maybe a hundred thousand dollars. Like, and yet it all kind of enhances the experience because like it feels like this like grainy documentary of like oh man this fucked up thing that happened in Arkansas like way back when. They they do all like all the interviews they do aren't like sit down interviews with the person. Like it'll just be like footage of like some dude wandering around the woods with his gun while like this like southern yokel talks over it. It's really effective like i mean the bigfoot looks like shit you expect that but like it kind of doesn't matter because they don't like the camera doesn't linger on it except for the parts where it's just like walking around the woods in daylight yes you see bigfoot in daylight in this one like it's just like the people are like yeah you know we saw this like hairy mountain creature he used to wander around like he was kind of curious and stuff and then one time somebody shot at him and now he like hates us and like he'll fuck with our houses and kill our pigs and shit (laughs) <laughs> one thing in this movie really really made me laugh though 
Uh, so this movie takes place in a small town of 350 people called Falk, Arkansas. And they're all, you know, down-home southerners, so they'll be, like, getting interviewed and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, us Falk boys down here, you know, we <laughs> see in the squash and all this shit. Like, every time I heard the word Falk boy, it just crushed me. <laughs> Because my brain is the size of a pea. I can't help myself. <laughs> Even knowing it's coming, because I plan on watching it because it's been a very, very long time, and it's squash season, as you said. Yes. I know I'm going to laugh every single time this Yep. <laughs> I appreciate so, the heads up so I don't spit take like an asshole in my own house. So, Parker, we're going to make him watch the sequel, right? The legend yeah, the does, in fact, is. go on. I, I, I know this. There are cool. apparently several spiritual sequels that I presume are not particularly spiritual. One of my favorite MSTs of all time. It's, that movie is extremely southern and powerful. There are some large hairy men in overall thing. Nothing else in that movie. It is real good. I think at one mind. point he orders like a milkshake or something. Liberal! <laughs> you want this on your clan account? <laughs> I was thinking about that episode earlier. What a beautiful synthesis of content. I, there is there's very much more Squatch in my future. It's just getting to the point where I have to dig for it. And I was about to start looking there and realize it's almost shark time, y'all. It's about time to Correct. get digging there, too. Yeah. Uh, we've got, what, a month before 48 meters down? Oh, you'd love to see it, folks. <laughs> I uh, it, There's just going to be two weeks of nothing but shark movies, isn't it? It's my favorite <laughs> fucking ritual. <laughs> It's almost time for sci-fi to run their fake shark week, which is nothing but Asylum Shark movies. And y'all, <laughs> I'm so ready. God bless. So the next thing I watched, uh, as you guys know, we had a little holiday here in, uh, here in America last week. Um, I, I, like, I know Parker hates America, but uh, Correct. Uh, I had to watch something for the sake of America. And, you know... Unlike Chris, I have been a fan of the Patriots for over 200 years, so... I, I like them. I, <laughs> I want to finish that. So I sat down and watched the Patriot with Mel Gibson. Guys, nobody told me the Patriot is three hours long. I really hate that movie. Please give me I, I am 100% with you. That movie sucks ass. It is, it's just so slow and so fucking saccharine, and, like, you get, like, you get this reveal that Mel Gibson just, like, runs around in the woods murdering people with a hatchet, like, 15 minutes into the movie, and then he never does it again. And it's, like, like, you, they fucking breadcrumb, like, this, like, throwing axe that he has from fighting the engines or whatever, and then he kills, like, a bunch of British people. It's like, oh, fuck, this movie might be dope. And then the whole time you're just waiting for it to happen a second time. And nope, nope, nothing. There's a lot shithead. of problems. Yeah, at least a couple of his shithead kids, like, deservedly eat it, because, like, holy shit, like, all of his kids are fucking miserable. This brings I... me to my jerk of the week, though. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this was not something that really came up in detail when we did uh, the Godzilla 98 episode. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> But man, Roland Emmerich really, really, really hates the French, huh? <laughs> it's 
pretty cool, I'll be honest. <laughs> there is one French character in this movie who exists to be wrong about everything in the most hoity-toity, obnoxious way possible. Oh, yeah. And, he is all hauling his walking, way throughout the movie. As they're walking into the final battle, <laughs> Mel Gibson turns to him and says, Ah, so remember your dead kids, huh? What were their names? Like, it just hasn't come up before that. <laughs> like... He really recontextualizes Roland Emmerich claiming, oh, well, actually, the French created Godzilla. Like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> if there's two things it. Roland Emmerich hates, it's people that are intolerant of other people's cultures. And the French. And the French. <laughs> Hold your L for the two world wars, my man. We get it. Like, <laughs> I, I think what my least favorite part of The Patriot is that scene where they imply that the British were Nazis. And they burn that uh, that building full of people. They just every uh, scene with the British is just like, yeah. What if we did more war crimes? Like, are you fucking serious? It's like you you know that they didn't do that. Like everyone knows that they didn't do that. And I don't know. There's something to me about historical inaccuracies. I, if I may interject, I actually did watch one more. You reminded me. For uh, July Fourth, I rewatched 1776, which is one of my favorite musicals. I really like it, but the historical inaccuracies are just. They're really starting to jump out at me now, and I don't know. I, I might actually write something about it, because I don't think that a movie can, like, it, it has to be free of any historical inaccuracies, but sometimes it just changes the way that you see things. And for me, the one of the Patriots, the worst of all. It, I completely agree. That was actually the next thing I was going to say, because I, I overlook a lot. Like, as somebody that knows a lot about history, like... I can look at, the, you know, the giant biplane in Wonder Woman and be like, all right, that's kind of funny. Like, it's it's stupid and inaccurate, but, like, I don't need everything to be, like, squeaky clean and perfect. But just, like, turning the British army <laughs> into, like, like... Like, this entire movie is just, like, the rape of Nanking, South Carolina style. Like, it's just... Like, what? Like, who is this for? Like, who is out there going like, yeah, man, you know who really needs to get shit on for their role in the Revolutionary War 200 years ago? <laughs> I just... I, that does bother me. The, the movie really... I did not know it was three hours long. It is incomprehensible. Uh, Jesus. To be fair, there are three cuts, and the theatrical cut you can't find anywhere online. I don't know if we had the director's cut or the extended cut. I don't know what the difference is. I don't care. Like, I'm never watching that movie again. That was just absolutely dire. It's incredible that that, to me, is my least favorite Mel Gibson movie. I really thought it'd be the Beaver Puppet movie. The Beaver Puppet movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, and I'm looking directly at Parker as I say this as I move on. So yes. Queen of the Damned is a movie, huh? Funny. <laughs> Man. Just reading the Wikipedia and just going down to soundtrack and cackling like a wild man. <laughs> Original songs written and performed by Jonathan Davis. It's Jesus real Christ. good. It is That's like, so it's good. like one of the first lines you see in the opening credits. And it's just like, oh, fuck yes. You immediately strap in like, alright, turn the lights off. We're not moving from this couch. It's <laughs> so cool how like all vampire movies, like, even the ones that are absolute trash, are somehow trash in the best way. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't understand how. I don't know what it is about vampires. But, like, you just put them in a movie, and it's either going to be, like, three points better or three points worse, which is also three points better. <laughs> I don't need to be vampires. It's like, oh, if they're hot and they fuck all the time, but also they're vampires. <laughs> Dude, they're fucking concert at the end. Oh my that was my favorite so thing good. ever. 
I might be watching there's, that Boggy Creek this weekend. There's <laughs> fucking the CGI whenever they fly somewhere it just turns them blurry. Think of the underground yeah, like, vampire club scene. <laughs> so if I could, if I could give my story about Queen of the Damned, I think I mentioned this uh, when Parker, you mentioned that you watched it on this podcast, actually. Um, this is back when I was dating uh, one of those goth girls, and this is she made me watch it right after Interview with a Vampire. She was like, "Yeah, this is the sequel." I was like, "I did the same thing." And uh, turns out, no, this isn't really a sequel. That is, they just wanted to make a movie with a lead. Absolutely in it. not a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you can't base two movies on Anne Rice books and just be like, "Oh, nope, they're they're related. They're in the same universe." It's like trying to claim that all of the Jack Ryan's are the same person. This girl did the nerve to sell right? those in box sets. By the way, <laughs> yeah. get out of my fucking face! You can't get interview with a vampire unless you get the cross section DVD cover with Queen of the Damned on there too. <laughs> it's like you can't buy Caddyshack without also getting Caddyshack too. Is this still on Netflix? I didn't I even think. check because uh, that's where I watch it. If it's still on there, my night just filled up after <laughs> we're done recording. It's like. Everything with, like, the two human characters is completely incomprehensible. I don't know why they're there. I don't know what purpose they served the plot. They're just, like, hanging around doing human stuff. I might be falling asleep to Aaliyah trying to talk through those fake teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's the most evil vampire of all time. And also, we kill her in about four minutes of screen time. Yep. That scene where she's just lighting all the vampires on fire, though, was real good. I'm so glad you spent time watching this. It's just, it's just what an unfathomably stupid movie. I love it. It's like, it's one of those movies where, like, every ten minutes you're like, how does this exist, and how did they spend so much money? Like, why? <laughs> to all of it. The vampire Lestat becomes a rock star. Pause. Cancelled. <laughs> Give us our money back. <laughs> His fucking new metal rocks so hard it wakes up the queen of vampires. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm watching this again. He's singing this season it's so song. good. It's so fucking good. I forgot he wakes her up just by shredding new metal. She's like, yeah. say, I'm going to sleep a couple centuries, but... I lost my passion for life when my husband stopped wanting to eat people, but now it's back because of Jonathan Davis. It's... <laughs> That is a fucking movie. Jesus. Alright, I only got a couple more here. Okay. So here's the thing about Black Hat. Oh, man. Black Hat's really hard to understand when you can't find a version with the Chinese subtitles. Ooh. Oh, no. I, like, even went to, like, one of those, like, knockoff subtitle download sites. Like, alright, cool, just give me the English subs for this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll add them in myself. Which promptly added English subtitles to all the English lines and nothing to the Chinese scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, <sighs> go ahead. I know there's a director's cut of it that, like, came out, and I heard, like, a number of people say, like, oh, no, this movie actually makes sense now. But I have not. I've not jumped on that grenade yet. I still have to watch Miami Vice first. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like, I, I, I wasn't really enjoying the movie anyway, despite having Chris Hemsworth, which is saying something. But yes. But like, I just want to know what the fuck is going on. Like, what is the point of this movie? Like, Michael Mann makes like generally cohesive narrative movies, and I can't imagine that they would just like hatchet hit one of his movies to death like this after him making movies for like 25 years but 
Yeah, Hollywood, I don't know, it's possible. If I remember right, this was a colossal bomb. Yeah, I... Like, of like, staggering proportions. When that said 2015, and I was like, oh, fuck, this came out, like, when I cared about movies and I didn't know about it, like... Damn. Opening weekend, 4.4 million. Oof. That's not great. That's not good. It's not, not good. Hate to see. So then, thirty-three minutes. You just can't help yourself, can you, Michael? You really can't. I was I was really happy when the next movie I watched it was like two hours on the dot. So Manhunter's kind of incredible. Oh, oh yeah, God, definitely so good. I went in like almost completely blind on this. So <laughs> it's so fucking good. When I saw our introduction to the serial killer, Tom Noonan wearing pantyhose on his head, like I. It was like, all right, cool. We're in for a fucking ride. That that movie is absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, like, I knew I was in good hands. I knew, like, I had heard nothing but good things about it. But man, what what a good movie! I'm very excited to. I like, I ran out of time this week. I'm very excited to watch The Insider before next week because I'm just on a Michael Mann kick right now, and I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. I love that all of Michael Mann's best movies. Like, here's your hero. Here's the end of the movie. They succeeded, but also they're broken forever. Yeah, so, there's no going back whatsoever. So, Alex, uh, who was a better uh, Hannibal Lecter? Right. So, yep, you have to think about it. Yeah, the fact that you have to think about it—that says everything, really. Yeah. I mean, I think the big problem, like, you, if you if you pick Anthony Hopkins, you're also saddled to Red Dragon, which is unwatchable. So, hate to see oh, it. I liked I liked Red Dragon. I don't like Hannibal though. I think I think Manhunter is a better movie than Red Dragon, though. I have not seen Hannibal since it first came out. That might oh, be an episode. Hannibal's unwatchable. <laughs> Red Dragon. Speak there, about Gary Oldman performances, buddy. <laughs> Red Dragon. There are little things that I like about it, but I think Manhunter is just better in basically every single way. I mean, other than like the ten minute detour we take while the creepy serial killer fucks that blind lady, like everything else about that movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But also, it wouldn't be a Michael Mann movie if people didn't just bone to some like '80s song. So, oh, of course, it's you just—it's required. <laughs> just to circle back to Black Hat for one second, like the sex scene in Black Hat, there is zero setup leading up to it. Like they look at each other kind of funny in one scene, and the next scene they're just banging. Like, it's—I <laughs> have so many questions, like Michael <laughs> Mann. I have so many questions for you. Anyway, Parker, what'd you watch? Buddy, all right. Let's uh, let's saddle up here. So, oh yeah, I forgot to watch this. So, have either of y'all seen Shadow of the Vampire? I think I did. I have. Oh wait, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Never mind. You absolutely should. Don't worry, it's on the list. (laughs) More downloading description is. It's about the making of Nosferatu, where John Malkovich plays the director, and he hires an actual real-life vampire. Played by Willem Dafoe. Oh my god. How That's could you all not you watch need this? to know. It's like 90 minutes. Just treat yourself. It is <laughs> treat. <laughs> you get like a great John Malkovich just losing his mind because Willem Dafoe keeps eating his crew. He just has a complete <laughs> breakdown screaming at him. It's real fucking good. God, I knock it off. <laughs> I watched the original Puppet Master. I remember nothing <laughs> that movie went in i slept woke up gone forever oh you didn't it watch a great sestero one not yet it looks <laughs> like it was made time. for the sci-fi channel in every possible <laughs> way 
except there's titties and a lot of them it is very powerful 90s direct to video vibes and I did appreciate on that level but there is no sustenance there. <laughs> Chris have you ever seen Deep Rising uh, I don't think so what's it about I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this movie to you specifically now oh good so it's Mark Wahlberg in it. <clears throat> you wish <laughs> so friend of the show treat Williams <laughs> Fomke Jensen, fresh off of Goldeneye. Sagat from Street Fighter. Jaimon Hounsou and Benny from The Mummy all load up to rub a luxury cruise full of real rich assholes. And they get there, but everyone on the ship has been eaten by a giant 1998 Lovecraft monster. Yes. Man, what I'm saying is future episode. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit, how did I not know about this movie? Oh, Incredibly man. good. You want a giant 1998 sea monster eating people? The answer is yes. It is extremely good. Oh my god. I I know what I'm doing tonight. This sounds like it's going to be half as good as Deep Blue Sea, which means it's going to be really good. If Crawl was not in theaters this week, I'm I'm telling you what we would be doing. It is is Steven Summers before he gets the mummy. Just really Steven Summers ring it up. It is very, very good. You are in for a treat. So the West Wing is a show (laughs) that you made me watch. (laughs) Correct. Now, this episode is essentially Lifetime Original Channel Movies presents (laughs) 9-11. Also correct. Here's how it affects you. (laughs) Now, this was not, because this was on Netflix, which I made a new profile for, as to not just completely poison my recommendations. Smart. (laughs) Apparently, in the, in the original TV run, it opens with all of the actors going, Hey guys, this isn't really, like, in canon. This is like a special episode, you know? But the season will start next week. Because this was written, like, three weeks after the September 11th attacks. Yep. It is just... <laughs> it's essentially a play. Most of the episode is just a bunch of kids. By the way, the audience stand-in is just a bunch of high schoolers. That's what Aaron Sorkin thinks of you. Sitting in a room and asking questions and just random actors cycling it out talk about, yeah, well, here's some things about terrorism. This whole episode's like, guys, let's solve Islamophobia right now. <laughs> I hated it so fucking much. I was I was dying because there's the one fat Asian kid student who just fucking hates Muslims and keeps asking like, I don't know, why are they all trying to murder us? They're like, they're they're not. It's like four people. Yeah, but all those Muslims, right? It's like, dude, what are you you trying to win points with the white kids? It's clearly not working. You know, this makes uh, two podcasts that have talked about this episode of The West Wing. Us and Pod Save America. Yeah, we should get them on the show. (laughs) Now, this is all intercut with... So, Alex, is that the Indian guy from Office Space? (laughs) 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 Who's being interrogated because he's Indian and... What, does he share the name with one of the hijackers, I guess? I think think that's the plot contrivance, yes. I was struggling. Because it's just Rob Lowe sitting down like... Hey guys, here's the history of terrorism, and then cut to this old white guy just yelling at this brown dude. <laughs> it is the preachiest thing I've he, ever seen in my he entire com- life. He committed the crime of working at the White House and looking <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, you're a statistician. Yeah. 
Hey, code breaker, huh? You know, we send a lot of transcripts. He's like, fucking what? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Every single character talks like a Reddit poster, and it is agonizing. <laughs> like, no one, like, fucking September 11th just happened, and no one has anything better to do than just to sit down in the cafeteria and talk to these high schoolers. The best line by far is some kid has a smart question. They're like, uh, this is right, man. Like, what do you call a country where everyone spends all day waiting in fear of being bombed like at school? And Rob Bull goes, Israel. Which, you know, <laughs> technically correct, but not for the reason you think it is. <clears throat> it is the longest four-hour episode I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> which, of course, I followed up directly with The Wall. The first thing you see You see production companies Goes to black, movie starts It's 2007, the Iraq war is winding down A plus (laughs) (laughs) This entire movie is The kid from Kick-Ass and John Cena Just pinned down John Cena gets shot like 20 minutes in Which I was very upset about and it's just the kick-ass dude talking <laughs> to a guy over the walkie and trying to not die. Until the end of the movie, Alex. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Which I knew this is all you wanted for me to see. Which is, he thinks he's got him. Help comes in. They're getting carted off. They're flying away. Helicopter gets shot down. They all die. He calls in for backup. <laughs> this I just imagined all of the fucking absolute hooting and hollering chuds just standing up in the theater like what? (laughs) the Iraqi one? (laughs) this harrowing movie about this soldier and then it being like just kidding they all died (laughs) (laughs) they all die and the dude's like ah yes please send another helicopter to my location he's just using these people to kill more soldiers he's just been there for weeks just like just kiting people like in a fucking MMO. <laughs> it was when I realized, like, wait, the the Edge of Tomorrow guy—that's who directed. This? Yup, that was a startling revelation for me. <laughs> a more startling revelation is that for the first time in this podcast, he's been more enthusiastic about a superhero movie than me. <laughs> yeah, I this thought was, Spider-Man this... was absolutely fine. This hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, the credit scene was... Me, yeah. Even knowing it was coming, changed my life in a powerful way. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it is an extended scene. There's, It goes on for a while, and he is full Alex Jonesing it, and it was quite good. But yeah, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's really good, obviously, because he's Jake Gyllenhaal, but... Ah, oh, she didn't really... A lot of the jokes didn't land for me, but yeah, it wasn't bad by any means. I don't. Yeah, it's honestly the same feeling I had after Captain Marvel. Like, hey, that was pretty good. And then you know, we got Whataburger. <laughs> Talked about it that night, and then you know, I'll think about it again when it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever. But yeah, it didn't do much for me. Meanwhile, I'm going to see it a second time in theaters. So, <laughs> hey, don't let these role me, reversals. You know, do not let me talk you down. Oh, you can't. Don't worry. <laughs> I've already, I already learned long ago how to tune you out. Don't worry. Oh, buddy, <laughs> you're gonna need it because uh, that's the only—that's the last movie I saw, other than uh, a movie called Midsummer. So get ready to start tuning, buddy. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about Midsummer. 
the movie begins, and I want to begin it this way. The movie begins with a shot of like the field. You hear some woman starting her uh, her siren song, e, and I know that Alex loves that shit. And oh yeah, <laughs> that that song is immediately cut off by a very loud phone ringing. This is how we know immediately that this is an Ari Aster movie. He really, really, really likes the audio trick he does where he'll cut off audio with something else. And it's a hard cut. Like, he'll play, like, low noise and someone talking over this. And then it's a different background noise. It's usually interrupted by, like, a, uh, like a snap or, like, some other noise or something like that. He does it in this movie constantly. And it's not so much that it's bad. I think my problem with it is that you're noticing the style more than the substance. Uh, this dude is some... really up his own ass. He does, like, this whole movie yeah. is just tricks. It's like... Yeah. Sort of. I, I, I'll get more into it, but like, my example is he did the same thing in Hereditary, but Hereditary worked a lot more because it blended with the story because that noise that interrupted the audio was Little Girl Clucking. That made sense. That works in the movie. You're going to be thinking about that still. In Hereditary, I'm not going to be thinking about those audio tricks afterwards except for how much they annoyed me because, again, now I'm noticing how you're making the movie instead of what's happening in the movie. It's not a good thing. Honestly, I... I think he really should pivot away from this because he did it way too much in this movie. Making movies, I agree. I I don't I don't think that I agree because I like Hereditary so much. And here's here's got another me. thing I don't that know why. It really got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so blunt it's and simple. <laughs> That's I, good shit. I, I think like one of these things is that again there are a lot of tricks in there, but some of his tricks work. Uh, one of the things is I like a lot of the shots, especially early in the movie. I like the scene where they're driving to that festival and the screen goes upside down because it's oh, different. Oh wow, from your the... expectations real subverted there, huh? Yeah, I just like the way that the camera did it because the camera is moving along with it. It, feels it was a, a nice shot. I'm not gonna lie. It was a, yeah, it was a really good shot. It's different from like the upside down intro credits to uh, Devil. That was stupid. He just made fun of him and went, actually, I liked it too. Yeah, well... I love this stupid fucking I mean, like, so it, it was visually appealing and taken out of the context of the rest of the movie of, look at my dumb camera gags. Yeah, it's but... It's fine, but... But, like, and here's the even better shot, which is... And, Alex, don't worry, I'll, I'll get into this, is a shot that I love, but it's also a criticism of the movie, is after... This isn't a spoiler at all, trust me. Uh, oh, the, yeah, by the, the way, guys, a lot of spoilers coming up. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm, I'm going to try to timestamp it. Um, when the sister kills the parents, and it's a scene of the fireman opening up the door, and there's all that red in that blue room coming through, that is a wonderful shot. Why didn't we get more of that? One of my biggest criticisms of the movie is I wanted to know, I wanted to know more about that family, and I don't think I got quite enough. I, at least I think I want to know more about that family because I'm not sure exactly what Ari Aster would have given me. And also, I don't know that I want more of a movie that was already way too long to begin with. But like, also, if you want more of the family stuff, he just made that movie. Yeah. This is a different family. But, yeah, that's, that's um, very important to me. <laughs> Unfortunately, the scene you're talking about, I uh, wasn't really able to focus on the cinematography <laughs> because I was too busy laughing at the girl who died by the, you know, the picture of Pepe, like, huffing memes. Like, uh, that's all I could see in that entire scene. You really couldn't go with Laramie Tunsil? <laughs> no, no, like, like I'm not, I didn't, like, workshop this joke after the fact. It's just, I'm sitting, it's like the one thing that made me laugh in the theaters. <laughs> she died from memes. <laughs> 
I, I just, all I could think about was Laramie Tussle. That sister is absolutely <laughs> going to drop <laughs> the draft. Welcome to the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, again, I, I really did care about that family. I wanted to know more about them because I don't think any of the characters are unlikable except for Christian Hughes, who we'll get to. Again, jerk of the week. That's going to be one of the big reasons why I don't like Wait, this movie, but we'll continue. Did you say okay. none of the characters are unlikable? I, okay, I feel no. like you're not supposed to like really most of them. I, I when I say unlikable, I'm, I, I I'm kind of interested in them. Like here, for example, Mark. I really want to talk about the ugly guy from Bandersnatch. First of all, <laughs> let's talk about how ugly he is. That dude He's has a face so of a god. So ugly. Now, to be fair, he didn't ask to be born like Satan's asshole, but. Goodness gracious, Same. that dude! I'm, I'm really glad face. they didn't have Gary Oldman stealing ugly people valor in this movie, though. <laughs> Maybe he was the one who was wearing the Mark suit, you know, right before the jump scare. <laughs> I was so mad that scare got me. Yeah, you have no idea. I, I think it got so everyone in the theater. For not seeing it coming. I, 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 I kind of loved it. No, sorry. Oh, hey. I, I, dude, I was so, like, I was so checked out of the vibe of the movie at this point that, like, at this point, just nothing worked on me anymore. Okay. Even the stuff that might have otherwise been good. I'll, I'll address that in a bit. Uh, I want to get back to Mark, who, again, extremely ugly. I, I, we have to set this in stone. <laughs> that dude is so hideous. Hope he's not listening. Anyway, I, just, uh, <laughs> I actually really like Quit acting, because people trolled him on Twitter for being ugly. It's so <laughs> funny. I, I just want to like make it clear. I really do like his character, even though he's supposed to be like the guy that's just irritating the entire time, because he's just funny to me. There's something that's really funny about him. Like He's sitting there during this festival, and there are all these sacred rituals, and he's just ripping sick clouds in the background off his vape. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that no one ever is like, dude, cut that shit out. Like, they're just in the middle of these rituals, and he's just blowing the fattest rings. Oh, well, yeah. you see, why why would they tell him to stop? Because all Americans are bad. They are. Did you get it? Did anyway. you get it? Did you get that part? I mean, Did you get, Did you get it? Yeah. Uh, I just, think uh, one of the other scenes, it's like, you're supposed to hate him, but I, I find him kind of endearing. It's right after the genocide scene, after the two elders... Again, not really a spoiler. They jump off this cliff top, and their bodies are all mangled. It's really gruesome. The faces get smashed in, which I think is Ari Aster's calling card. And it's, it's like, really hard to look at, and everyone's like, yeah, we should leave. That was really fucked up. And Mark slept through the whole thing, and he missed out on it. He's like, dude, you guys didn't tell me? That would have been sick. Can you imagine the... He takes a selfie by the body while ripping a fat cloud <laughs> over them. <laughs> He's got that drip drip. <laughs> <laughs> Stop crying, dude. You're posting cringe, bro. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, leave aside the fact that he pees all over the ancient sacred tree and constantly. It's not just... like there's a sign up. Like, how are you supposed to know? Is that I place think it's bathrooms? <laughs> like, fuck off. Like, oh, America, you're so dumb. You pee on my sacred tree. It's a that... dead fucking tree. They didn't tell you. Like, he also never, he never apologizes on... for it either. <laughs> he full on bawling on his knees for peeing on the sacred tree is so good. <laughs> it's like, he, one thing is bad, but he's just full on having a complete breakdown. I like, his entire life is just in shambles. I, I think one of my other favorite scenes, it's very simple, but it's just, so what's to tell those people they're walking stupid? <laughs> they're walking backwards, <laughs> picking flowers for a ra- for ritual. <laughs> Look, we all know the best scene is them all taking mushrooms the first time. Let's it, not it's, dig it's the best scene in the movie. It's, it's the most. That's a scene that made everyone else laugh. And I was the considering that I've never done drugs before. I was like, 
ordinarily I wouldn't laugh at this, but I've been around other people who have done drugs, and that is exactly what they're like. Can you lay down? Can you lay down too? <laughs> so matter of fact and panicked. I, it just loved it. it. It makes me think of the time that we were all on acid, and one of the sober people was like willing to go to the store for us and like asked us to make a store list. And after four hours, all we come up with a piece of paper that we lost twice that said pop rocks and cuck water. <laughs> Jalapeno chips. Uh, I th- <laughs> it's like we're so hungry. Where's that store list? Oh, it's gone again. Okay, never mind. I, I think um, one of my other favorite scenes is we see that really fucked up painting at the beginning. It's not even that fucked up. It was like the shows that oh, the woman if she wants to get a man, she'll put her pubes in his food or something like that. And the guy pulls a hair out of his mouth after eating the meat pie, and everyone in the audience knows it's a pube. But there's no way for anyone else to really know it. You just see a hair, like, oh, gross, a hair in my food. And he immediately leads forward. He's like, that's a pube. Like, that's the <laughs> most, like, that's the first place his mind goes. And everyone just kind of looks up, like, dude, shut up. But that's the first thing that he thinks of. And I don't like, know I'd, why. I had straight up forgot about that painting. So I thought he was just being an asshole. <laughs> it wasn't until like 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a pube. I thought he was just being a yeah. dick. Okay, so be, I, I want to mention something about that scene, the uh, where they're all taking drugs and lying down outside. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie because this features um, Danny, the main character, the pr- female protagonist. Uh, when Mark or someone says, "You guys are like my family," that triggers her. That absolutely like sets something off in her mind, and she freaks out and she has to walk away. And she's over emotional she's really excited and uh not in a good way and she thinks those people are laughing at her and she thinks she sees something it's that is really really i think everyone has been in a situation like that and i thought that was a really effective scene but it's sort of barred by the fact that the more i thought about how they got to sweden in the first place is just the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life Okay, so uh my girlfriend's parents just died i'm gonna take a vacation i won't tell her Okay, now I assumed there was time that passed. I thought we were just supposed to infer that. It was six months, according to them. Okay, Uh, that's not just died, but I, I don't know. I think the grieving process for that, for the way that they went out, I think the grieving process is extended way longer. So, oh, she's allowed to be upset. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not like oh, sorry, no, you can't go to Sweden because my parents died half a year ago. No, no, no. It's it it feels it feels like I don't know. Maybe it'd be a little bit. I mean, even see where they find out where she's like. He's like, oh, I mean, I thought about it. You had tickets. And then he goes to leave. He's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's going to be one of those <laughs> this movies. Is, I, this is going to hurt me deep inside. I, I see. hate watching couples fight. And I think my favorite thing in the whole world is just like the, the scene right before she walks into the apartment, which they're shooting really well with that mirror. I wish they'd have more of those kinds of shots. Is uh, him saying, oh, yeah, I invited her along, but she's definitely going to say no. That is the most guy bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I love that whole scene. Because the one dude just quietly, without saying a word, getting up, heating up his hot chocolate, and then just sitting on the other side of the room without saying a word to anyone. <laughs> just sneaking off as quietly as possible. I, <laughs> this is the pettiest guy bullshit. The looks on Mark's, again, very ugly face during that whole scene were just 
perfect. You know, it's just like, oh my god, you were kidding me. You say this, I'm like, hey, Cash, are you something here for a second? And then you just never see them again. Help me edit this passage in the other room where no one else can see it. Picks up his laptop, looks at it, puts it back down. He's like, fuck it, doesn't matter. Just come here. I I think that was one of my favorite things that they didn't show that conversation because we all know what that conversation was. The movie doesn't treat you like an idiot. Except when it does, but, you know. Okay, at least in that scene. Because really, it does add up to me because every other movie would have that scene being like, dude, what the fuck? And we all know that that's exactly the words that came out of his mouth in that order. Uh, But holy shit, that guy is... Why is Christian so stupid? Why the fuck would you invite her if you don't want her to come? (laughs) That's the most guy... Fellas, what are we doing here? (laughs) So I I, I actually think this uh, kind of plays into, like, why I ended up being so, like, dissatisfied with the movie. I was really into, like, the first 25 minutes. Like, everything up through when they get into the village, I was like, alright, this is gonna be awesome, I'm really excited, like, everything they're doing is cool. I, I really loved the, uh, the idea of using the, oh no, it's only dark for three hours a day here, as, like, a backdrop for you just not knowing what fucking time it was at any time. Someone living in Texas. Oh my god. <laughs> and but but the thing is like I felt like there that was like one of the things where there was no payoff where like they say that and then there's like a clear oh, day night no. cycle for the rest of the movie. And it's like why would you tell me this? Why would you like like you're attempting to, you know, like fuck with how I'm viewing the movie, which I respect because it's what you should be doing if you're trying yes. to make it this all like atmospheric psychological horror stuff. But then you just don't use it. And it's like at no point during the entire rest of the movie was sitting there like, "Oh, I wonder if it's like 9 p.m. right now or not." Because they just they clearly had a bedtime where it was dark out. Like, it, I don't know. You know, one of the things, actually bringing up the bedtime, you know what I think? This is the fan theory. That baby crying probably drove them all insane. They're probably oh fine, God. but they imagined the whole thing because, God damn, I would have gone nuts with that baby screaming the entire I, night. I thought on three separate occasions someone was going to kill that baby. <laughs> Every time someone got in bed in the middle of the night, I was like, oh, fuck, it's coming. <laughs> Y'all, it's coming. I was just waiting the whole time for presumably Mark, to be like, does nobody else hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, dude, I think you hear a baby crying on the fifth day. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That would have been exactly what he did. Complaining about the food. First of all, why go? Because that, honestly, that festival sounds like a really lame time. You could do drugs anywhere. Why did they? Oh, because... The drugs and banging women. That's oh. exactly why well, he said he was tell you how my much, How horny Mark is. He desperately wants to bone. He's so horned. <laughs> he, <laughs> His entire pathos is like, all these blonde broads here. <laughs> There's women at home. Yeah. They have to fly to another country. So there, there are little niggling things here. One of my biggest problems is that this movie, like a whole lot of these other cult movies, so The Wicker Man is actually a really cheap offender here. They, the the people in this cult, uh, they don't really feel very human to me. There was one scene that helped me on, and it was only one. It was about six seconds long. It was that that girl Maya, Maya, whatever the the girl with the red hair who puts her pubes in the meat pie and whatever. Uh, she's <laughs> and she's, whatever is a good way. Yeah, to I don't, I don't. Know, who cares? And she's like getting ready in front of the mirror or something like that, and she inhales. She's like. And uh, she gets ready to go outside. And for a second, I thought, oh, this, this means, like, she's getting ready. She has to, like, kind of steal her nerve. Something really big is going to go down, and she has to get ready for it. It's a human side of this that you don't see. Turns out that is part of, like, their ritual, and everyone does it. It's like the movie just picks so, me up just to drop me down. So the main question I have is, like, did he choose them to all go there for a reason? To be sacrificed. Like, I'm pretty I mean, sure the movie like, makes that clear. 
No, them specifically. Like, uh, was there a reason no. it was them, or is it just like, hey, y'all are my friends, and I was able to talk them into flying to my village? Well, they're all extraordinarily stupid, so... I, just, I, like, I, I assumed the subtext there was, like, he sought out these specific people as friends for this reason, like, with okay. this in mind. that's what I was wondering. Because it's, it's in case like, I missed something. Yeah, when they, they made the big deal out of, like, the pilgrimage and, like, how you're supposed to fuck off for a couple of years and then come back, and then when his brother also comes back with his friends, it's like, oh, this is what they're supposed to do. But, yeah. Okay. Okay, because I don't know if he sought them out or if he had other people. He was like, no, you three especially, you're all fucked. Like... But my biggest problem is like, okay, I don't need everything spelled out for me. I know I'm extremely <laughs> stupid, but I don't need everything spelled out. But also, if you're not going to spell anything out, don't be almost two and a half hours. So, Like, what... if you're going to be that long, you got to give me something. Okay, so one of my things is I sort of realized earlier, perhaps even earlier than you, Alex, that you probably would not like it because... I do not think you can cut this movie down at all. I really don't. There are scenes that I would absolutely cut myself, but there's no way that Ari Aster could because there's a certain way that he wants to tell us and he has to take his time to do it. One of the scenes is showing that mural with like, oh, she cut off her pubes and he puts them in for like a love potion or something like that. But that's fine. That's exposition. Like that that makes sense. The stuff that I'm talking about is like when they're sitting at the table and no one's moving and the food is just wavy for three minutes. Like, oh, isn't that scary? The food's moving. Ooh. I'm not even sure that he wanted it to be scary. I understand that scene actually a lot more than the the mural scene. I would have cut out that mural. I I totally would have. I think the movie is actually a lot better without it. Uh, there was another scene I, I thought I was going to cut. Doesn't come. You mean trim way. down them jumping off the rocks down from forty-five minutes to about three? Oh yeah, that, that went would be on. Clear, yeah, four, like even I, who was very into the vibe of these kinds of movies, is like, we all know, right? Now that's yeah, that is a on. scene of Ari Aster just we jerking know. himself off because yeah, we know they know. Come on. Because, like, that, one of the things that really bothered me about that is, again, I'm watching the style over the substance. Remember how I reacted initially to Hereditary and Parker? You kind of, like, correct me. It was like, oh, it was a reference to this. And you sort of, like, helped me along because I wasn't quite sure what was, what was going on here. This one is well, even after out. the end, Even after the end told you everything you needed to know about the whole movie? You still needed the... Okay. No, I wasn't. I wasn't entirely sure. I think I had like a misconception about it, and I was expecting something else. I wasn't really sure what they were trying to do. So, like the idea that oh, the soul goes into like the body through the neck or something like that. I, I don't remember. I'll go back and listen to the episode sometime. Okay. But like with this, it's this spelled out way too much of it. Like I had, I didn't know who Paimon is in the original Hereditary. It's like oh, Paimon's a god. That's 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 cool. I did a little bit more research on my own. That it kind of adds something to the movie. But with this. Like, I get it. They're rubbing their hands with blood on the stone. That, to me, is like the chief bullshit being like, hey, people actually did that in these rituals. I did the research, and now I'm showing it to you. But it's not interesting. Just because it's authentic doesn't mean it needs to be in the movie. It doesn't add anything to have all this ancillary bullshit. That, and there's also the way that they do sound. I, I do not like the the girlfriend, Danny, sorry, uh, Danny wailing over her uh, her dead family because it's mixed so loud. It's so irritating. And then when the people fall off the cliff, this is all you get. That was pretty funny. It just yeah, bugged I'm me. expecting this huge traumatic moment after all this building just... It, it just kind of bugged me. I was like, I was expecting something bigger. Maybe, maybe I needed Mark there to rip a fat cloud. It certainly would have given ambiance. Can you imagine just hear that, and then you hear in the background... Same, brother. Same. (laughs) Same green. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, I wanted this expecting to be almost like a cannibal movie where these people show up, whether on purpose or they accidentally go there, and it's just a living nightmare the whole time, which it's very much not. But what, like, really surprised me is, like, that's, like, the turning point where it's like, oh, things are kind of fucked around here, and none of them decide to leave. It's like, all right, well, you know. So, Can we go home? No. All right. So it's fairly obvious that there's, like, uh, two really big allegories here. One, yes, this is very obviously a breakup movie. It could not Boy, possibly howdy. be any more obvious. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alex, you want to take the reins there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot to say. Like, okay, so just, like, on that note briefly... Um, I was very, very surprised when I found out after this movie that you were supposed to be on the girl's side and not just think, oh, both of these are just, like, horribly contemptible people that are just irredeemable in all ways. Like, <laughs> I was I, on her side until the end of the movie. <laughs> I, I, there was zero point in which I was on her side. And, like... Well, you I, weren't on the other guy's side either, right? I mean, correct. But, like, yeah. I, and, like, I mentioned this to Parker at one point. I was like, I think the big problem with this movie for me is just, like, this kind of bad relationship isn't relatable for me. Because it's the kind yeah. of relationship that I have the willpower to get out of after a week and a half. And, Must like, be nice. Like, these people just, like being for lack of a better word total cucks about everything like i i kind sure, of there are several feel, better words i <laughs> i i feel like zero empathy towards them like because i very much by in the beginning like they both know it's over like they they're yeah, both yeah. not into this and then that happens like well her whole family just died i can't just fucking dump her yeah so he's, he's kind of in he a rough doesn't want to be there but also like you don't want to be the person to dump someone whose sister exactly. just killed her parents. You don't really. So you're like, yeah, I'm just going on this stupid trip. It's not really a big deal. You can come. And she, I mean, she has no one else. So, of course, she's going to go because what are you going to do, sit at home alone with your thoughts? Like, are you fucking kidding I, me? I think for me, it's it's very obvious that these are both people who, again, there is really no point where Christian can dump her, even like the six months right before he goes to Sweden, because, like, that gets you on she-rate, dog, so you can't have that. And you can't just <laughs> dump her in Sweden. I mean, come on. But I I think to me, I, I didn't hate the characters. Uh, I, maybe it's because I watched this right after I watched Bear, and those are characters I actually hate. <laughs> but, like, these characters, I felt, kinda, so I, I felt kind of bad for them. I have seen this kind of really bad relationship before. I haven't been in one of these, actually, but yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, seen it. Too. it. I, I, yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way as you, is, like, about a week and a half of this is like, dude, I'm out. And, like, there was a scene, again, early on, and Parker, you are talking, I was like, look, I should probably just leave. And I was like, I would have just left. I would have shaken my arm free. I would have walked out that door. You know? Like, he was very clearly in the wrong. He's like, all right, I'm just going to go. And then she's like, no, no, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to make it. No, just come serve me with me. Let's talk. It's like, oh, fuck. This is is bringing back some harsh (laughs) memories that I had put deep behind me. And I have two hours left. (laughs) Yeah. I guess guess more of my point is, like, if that's the jumping off point of your movie and it doesn't grab you, then I feel like a lot of what follows is, like, going to lose its effect. And I don't think this has anything to do with the way the movie was made or anything. I don't think this is the director's fault, much like every... I mean, much the opposite of everything else in this movie, which is absolutely his fault, and I'm never watching another one of this Hacks fucking movies. Mm. But, um... (laughs) uh, (laughs) It was actually really good, is Um, what I'm saying. um, (laughs) No, it's just, like, it's a premise that, like, you can't really... 
you can't build from character-wise. Like, when I found out afterwards that a lot of people's reading of this movie was like, yes, Slay Queen, men BTFO, I was like, oh. shocked. I'm like, really? Like, you're taking her side for any part of this? Like, both of them... Both of them are fucking adults in this movie. Like, and the, the relationship should have ended before any event that takes place in the movie actually happens. At that point, you're both responsible. Like, yeah, it sucks that your family died, but also, like have enough of a backbone to extricate yourself from a shitty situation. It's hard for me to feel empathy for you. All right. We'll, we'll try to get the other Alex, try to make this more feminist. Um. <laughs> like, even in that first scene when she calls him and she's, like, trying to not give the tell that she's crying because, you know, God forbid she's a burden on him. And you hear on the side of the phone, like, hey, hey, say hi. Like, oh, yeah, he says hi. You know, doing that shit that everyone's done. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they're all getting along. And then as soon as we cut to them, they're like, dude, what the fuck? You're not still talking to her, are you? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. everyone's an awful two-faced piece of shit. Uh, I'll get to Josh in a minute because we haven't touched on Josh, but I, I'll get to him in a second. There is actually <laughs> oh, one thing. Number one B movie fan. Th there is uh, something I actually kind of liked about this movie, and it was sort of the allegory that she is joining a new family here, that she needed a family, and that she needed to be accepted by a new family. And that's really brought to turn very, very obviously again, where she sees Christian fucking that girl. I, I can't no, call no, it. No, no, let's call I'm... a spade a spade. That's a rape scene. What? There's a lot. That is a that is a rape scene that my theater laughed uncontrollably at. Wait, that's I, not. I was, was watching his scene? face and I did not get that vibe off. Of Wait, him. I got a man. Did you not get the vibe that the girl that put a spell on him that made him have to have sex with her was raping him? Because that is literally what happened. I just took the vibe that he was just yeah. incredibly high off that drink they gave yeah, him. Yeah, I think he couldn't really control himself. However. Would this actually? Make it, it makes like a sense that you guys didn't like, like the... was helping him. She was putting both hands on his on his pressed hands over there, and just that kind of getting there. And, it uh, makes sense if you guys didn't like the tapestry scene because the tapestry scene is what makes this a rape scene. Like I, it tells you everything about it. Like oh. I, oh, so this guy, like, turns into a zombie after I feed him my pubes, and then I get to have sex with him, and everybody lives happily ever after. That's literally right in front of you. I un I understand that that's what they're I mean, to be fair, I did also forget that that showed the cutting the pubes part. So, yeah, that's on me. That's on me for not uh, I saw that, taking see, that I, at face value. I think it's it's like Parker said. I just didn't really get the vibe from it. You know? That is it, I one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever sat through. In I didn't remember yeah. the part in the tapestry where he was like a zombie. I actually... That's, yeah, yeah, that's like the last couple panels. Yeah. It's just Alex, like his okay. eyes, well, his eyes get all, yeah. That is entirely on me then for not catching that. In fact, I think I missed that part of the panel too. Although, either way, Alex, the way you describe it, I'm, I think I'm willing to sign on and I guess I could call it a rape scene. I don't want to watch it again, I'll tell you that much. Because I did not remember that part and I was just watching his face that whole scene. And when they start singing, the look he gives of like, what? And then he starts thrusting again. Like uh, to me, that was played for a laugh, but also with the context. Now I didn't laugh at I'm it. Never gonna admit that in public. Uh, my my theater was my theater thought oh, yeah, this was were... the funniest fucking movie they'd ever seen. I did, which probably I did also made me like it. I did not think this was funny at all. There was like one thing I laughed at, and that was like, but, so. What you told those people are walking backwards, and that was the only one who yeah. laughed at it. So but apparently, also, don't I'm the discount Japanese. uncomfortable laughter because that's very much a thing. And <sighs> when you're in a room full of people with something very uncomfortable going on i mean like the the hands i mean the guy next to me was definitely a nervous chuckle other people in the theater were not so i, I came two guys to my right the two guys to my right were these finance bros that were just guffawing the entire movie finance. and it was 
<laughs> Aren't these people weird? But thank you. I wonder if their brothers were going to take him up to a steakhouse. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I think the scene that I almost nervous chuckled at there was uh, he's doing it with her beavis. And she does a thing where she reaches out her hand and a woman comes by from that circle and clutches her hand and goes down to her head and goes right up to her ear and goes, Ah, so just right away, dude. I'm, I'm soft. I'm soft as butter right now. Yeah, there. there's. <laughs> That's, you just done. it. <laughs> And also, I can't perform in front of an audience or in general. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing they called the Pope about the one sexual position before they did this. Like, you really <laughs> going to go that long? You're not even going to turn her over for extra points? Come on. I, I guess these people never interact with the wolves. Okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Let's talk about Josh. Because um, there's a scene in there that drove me insane. Uh, I... I never do that horror movie bullshit. Don't go in there. Although I'll bring that up in a second. But there is a scene that almost made me throw my drink at the screen. I didn't mind Josh in any way. I thought he was basically fine. Uh, I thought I think that guy's a really good actor for what that's worth. Um, but there's a scene. He you know he's going there to do his doctoral thesis on this stupid pagan cult that no one gives a shit about. And after that set-aside scene, after they jump off the cliff and they bash their brains in. Chris is just like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to steal your idea, and uh, maybe we could help each other out, and I could, like, take your work. That's just a slimeball move to me. That made me angrier than everything else in the movie. I don't know why. Just the embodiment of every person I've ever hated in my life. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. So I'm going to do what you're doing. Is that cool? (laughs) And Josh's reaction was my favorite part of the movie, just just chewing him out. It's like, that is the most ball-faced, worst thing I've ever could imagine you doing like dude seriously fuck you like it oh something like that just really really bugs me actually one of my biggest problems with the movie so going back to what i was talking about of not getting a ton of detail like we have josh in the group his entire purpose is to research this place he has a very specific goal of learning as much as he can we get like one scene with him in two and a half hours like can he? I want more of him. I want to know all about oh, this place. If yeah. I'm going to be here for the majority of my night, like, I want more than just like, oh, look in the background, they're doing some weird shit. All right, next scene. See, like, there is something going on here where he's explaining. You have no idea, like, uh, what I put into this. I'm like, yeah. He's like, this is not just a hobby for me. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you should see how long I've been working on this. I'm like, but so would I. I'd love to see how long would, this guy's been working on this. Yeah. And yeah, they don't ever show me that. And that I kind of wish he was the central, or more, had more of a role. He doesn't have to be the central character, because this whole thing is about the breakup and grief and all that. Well, this but, isn't a Disney movie, so. A, <laughs> Smash Map. <laughs> of course, a woman's in the lead role. <laughs> this reminded me a lot of, of Us, because it's like Jordan Peele, this is his second movie. And it tries to be, like, bigger. It's not just, you know, in a tiny house. It's every shot is just this wide view of everything going on. Like, it tr- has a much bigger scope, and it feels kind of sloppy. Like, Hereditary ends, you know, okay, I know what that was about. Like, it's pretty clear. This ends, and I'm like, huh? Like, what was the what was the theme we're going for? I had to really sit down and think about it. It just feels like less even though he's been working on it since before hereditary it just feels less concise like the scope kind of got out of his reach i feel like also maybe like i think he went through a really bad really boring breakup and decided to make a really pretty movie about it and 
I feel like you have better subjects available for it. And I, I know we've all been somewhat negative on it, and I think that's a little bit funnier sometimes. And sometimes it's more interesting to pick away nits at this movie. But there really was a lot of stuff that I liked about it. Again, the movie does look very good, and I, I kind of like the way that it's told. I think I just don't find the story interesting. So it's almost like a two out of three here. You know, you got something visually interesting for me. You have, you're telling your story in an interesting way, but it's not a very interesting story. At no point does this movie scare me besides, I guess, the jump scare. And that's not a good sign because this is not a jump scare movie. Like that scene where the guy has the flowers in his eyes, he can see his lungs out his back and everything like that, and all his viscera. I don't care. It's just there, you know? Yeah, no, not dude. that guy that we met for like three scenes. He I li- did not I have any lines. I was like, wait. That's not the Bandersnatch guy. Who the fuck is that? Like, I had to think, like, oh, yeah, there was the other people. You know, the other guy I really wanted a lot more of was the guy with the freaky face. Like, who is that guy? I want to know. Why is he sitting on a cloud? Did the Bandersnatch guy puff up that cloud for him? <laughs> <laughs> he was just a hallucination. The whole thing was a hallucination. <laughs> because he's so <laughs> He's the only one pure of heart enough to ride the Nimbus cloud. I'm it's sorry. just, you know, good get for that guy to only be the second ugliest one in the movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know I, actually one of the scenes that I, I I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was was uh, when okay another one where it gets really obvious is right after the you call it the rape scene I kind of call it the cheating scene because that's what the director meant by it um, the relationship has broken down so far that now he's finally turned to another woman and that's the way that sure. she sees it. Like, like I, I understand that that's like what the allegory is supposed to be, but also maybe don't use rape in your allegory. I, I, I don't know. It's something about the vibe of the scene that just made it feel like, oh, this is a weird ritual. Uh, like, but like, even if I, it's... If I get it. Again, the way that you rape scene, it. Then maybe don't have it resemble one so yeah. much. Yeah. Because I don't know what his intent was. If it wasn't supposed to be one... It's you're still drugging. Everything yeah. else is breadcrumb throughout the movie. We see allusions to that bear being lit on fire like four different times in the cave. Yeah, I laughed so like, hard at that line where they walk by. We're not gonna talk about the bear. Yeah. It's a bear. <laughs> yeah, and they me. just connect scene. Oh, cool. the other thing. I mean, talk about breadcrumbing. Instead of just dropping a loaf right before the genocide stage, he's like, "What happens when someone turns 72? Eh. Did you think he was joking? <laughs> you never followed Maybe. it up. Like, aha, uh-huh, funny scene. real joke, you know. Alex, you caught this too. He's like, yeah, I mean, you can finally find a girl there who's into having sex. I'm like, oh, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah. for such yeah. a tightly breadcrumb movie, just to feel kind of aimless is very weird. Yeah, but that's the thing is about aimless is that with Hereditary, I didn't know how it was going to end going in. I was watching all this stuff happening. I'm like, what are they going to do with this? And I did not expect the ending. And once I started to think a lot more about it, I was like, oh, okay, that all makes sense. It's a lot more fun that way. This, you know how it's going to end. You know none yeah, of these people. Yeah, we're gonna wicker man this. Let's go. Yeah, Come on. I mean, no we're one's two going. hours in. There is I'll, no way that the place is closed, and I'm hungry. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's Thank go. God, this guy got his comeuppance for being raped. <laughs> he really, you know, really um, showed it to him. Like oh, you got geez. him. You. It's a good thing you don't have a Twitter because you will get hashtag canceled for that take. <laughs> There's nothing to cancel about it. Like it's yeah. it's an objective fact. Like that's what that scene is. Right. Like I'm on her. S- I'm more so on her side. I'm not saying I'm completely on her side, but I'm more so on her side than anyone else because you know, she's our main character. I'm I mean, connecting yes, more with she what is... she's going through until we get to that point in which it's like, all right, you get to choose either uh, this dude who's just like a husk. Who has no name. Village, or this guy in her village who's like, you know, we're all super ready to die. And <laughs> you just cut to, sorry, you got raped by the magic powder getting that bear, buddy. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you're a monster now. Fantastic. 
Yeah. It's not a yes queen moment. It's a, oh cool. So yeah. this is how you heal. This is uh you found your new family. I have to admit, I think if I had seen that final panel of the of the mural, it might have like really dawned on me a little bit more. Yeah, I I might have been writing a note or something, I don't know. I'm so used to every movie with breadcrumbs being like, oh, I'm sure that'll pay off in three movies. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be important in 45 minutes. That's a good point, yeah. It's all right, guys. At least one of us paid attention. Oh, I can tell you were a really big <laughs> fan of it. You weren't sleeping through the whole thing. It's true. You caught me. You caught me. I did not get any sleep in this three hours I had to sit in a chair. This analogy is what hit me deeply. So I've said a couple times, like, these movies are extremely my shit. And I think, like, any sort of atmospheric horror, for the most part you were going to want to pull your own teeth out. The flip side is, the idea of me being trapped in a theater watching Molly's game is a living nightmare for me, Alex. <laughs> so I, I understand. Like, yeah. the idea of being trapped, like, here's two hours of Aaron Sorkin dialogue, also you can't leave, like... What the I fuck? Understand. Why did Kevin Costner just show up an hour 40 into this movie? Like, <laughs> you know, some things are for some people. And, yeah. like, I'm not going to try and convince you to actually know you like this incredibly slow burn where nothing happens for an hour and a half. Like, there's plenty of movies on my letterbox I've given, like, three and a half, four stars to that you would never forgive me if I forced you to watch. So, <laughs> I get it. And, but, like, that's the thing. Like, it's... A lot of these movies, like, even if they're not, like, strictly my cup of tea, I can at least look at them and go, oh, that was good for these reasons. Like, stuff like The Witch and Mandy. Like, they're they're competently made movies that I didn't hate watching. Like, I, in fact, I enjoyed a lot of parts of them. But when... Every single quote-unquote atmospheric horror movie you get exposed to is the same, like, here's our loud noises, here's holding every shot for three times as long as it needs to be held, here's a bunch of random naked people for no reason, isn't that crazy? Like, aren't you scared now? It's, it's, they're all the fucking same, man. I, I I'm tired that, of It's not that it's no reason, I think that the reason is just poor, I think he's trying to show off, it's like, look at all this research, you know, in the rituals they actually did this, I don't care that they actually did this, it ought to serve a point if you're going to show it, that's okay, why hereditary like, like, is so much better than yeah. this. But, like, this and Hereditary, like, every movie I just mentioned has the same, like, gratuitous nudity for, like, no reason scene. Like, not that I'm anti-nudity or anything, but just, like, it's the I, same It's the same do. beats in all of these movies. Like, so much, like it's not creative anymore if everyone's fucking doing it. Like, most of what you said is why so many people hated It Comes at Night, which you and I both love. Which is very weird to me. That seems like a movie you would hate. And yet... I, I yeah. don't know with this one. I, I feel like this is more. Chris would hate it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As, as someone who hates bad endings, Chris, you would. Well, a lot of joy comes at night. I, I think my thing about this is Alex. I, I'm sort of getting uh, the I, from this movie. At least the way that I felt about it is, I do feel that it was competently made, but it also didn't grab me. I was discussing it with an associate afterwards. It really feels like there was something missing from this, to the extent that, and I can't believe I'm saying this. This movie maybe should have been a four-hour miniseries. You yeah, maybe like, need yeah, like something a little bit long. longer. You know? that's, long. that's what I said about Hereditary. I'm like, this should have been 45 minutes shorter or three hours longer. Like, I completely I, agree. But I, I, Make this a Hill House. Because like, yeah. I read somewhere that they literally had like a hundred-page Bible for like everything the cult does. Like, If you're going to put that much into the backstory, either go into it or make this like an hour 45. Well, I have a feeling that he cut out most of the stuff that wasn't very interesting, and it's like, really, you decide to keep this? Like, the hands with the blood on the stone? I get it, but why is that scene so long? I mean, that, that scene would hold my, my flame this high or whatever. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone actually did that. I'm sure the Vikings actually said skull or whatever, and whatever. I'm not even <laughs> I, I did laugh when they said skull. I forgot yeah. about that. Thank you. But you know what? Even that didn't grab because they do it twice, and the second time, I'm just sort of like looking at my watch. I... 
it, to me, it's how you yeah, know it's a cult full of lizards. Or a fine. Longer. And it just felt like, I, I don't know, There, it definitely wasn't scary to me. It's just sort of annoying, really. Um, no. I, and I think it didn't help that I went like, oh, sick, another horror movie. Because like, hereditary, that entire third act, my butthole is. Right, oh, I yes. think that third oh, act is really yeah. good. But with this, again, you're showing There's the one jump scare, which I am again, so it got, mad I didn't it definitely see. I saw me. it coming as it was happening. It was a real, like, ah, oh, motherfuck, like, ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was so oh, angry. So Mark's face in that scene, did you notice how he looks way better than he usually does? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, I will say... I, I think, Chris, Chris let, me, let me ask you this. Okay. So if this guy, like, if his third movie comes out, and it's the exact same parlor tricks as the first two. Would that re- would that like recolor your thoughts on this movie? Do you think? No, if, I don't if, think. If this is just what this guy does, like, does that change anything for you? No, it would it would just solidify what I already believe about him because I know that this is a guy who has a limited bag of tricks. Again, the audio thing is the one that really gets to me. Like the oh, I cut off this audio and replaced it with this immediately. I. I, I understand that he does it. It's just in this movie, it had no point. It had no purpose. In in Hereditary, it made sense with the clucking. It totally worked. Here, it doesn't work at all. Some of his really, really nice shots. It's not saying that a really nice shot is like a parlor trick. I mean, some of the shots, they just look nice and they add to the story in some capacity. And there's a reason that the camera went upside down as they drove into Sweden. But... I have a feeling that maybe that's all that he can do because Hereditary was Hereditary had something extra, and one of the best parts about it was Tony Collette. Tony Collette gave a really, really strong performance here. Where is the strong performance in Midsummer? So you're saying if they offer this guy Fantastic Four, he should turn it down? Uh, I mean, if anyone's offered Fantastic Four, they should turn it down. I I would like to see him do someone else's script. I'd like to see. Oh yes, because he. I, both of these were written by him, right? Hereditary and Midsummer were both Correct. written by him? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Midsummer is very much his movie. It, I think in some way it sort of reminds me of Mandy, and that is in that it is very much the director's movie. This is exactly the way that he wants it. He doesn't care how anyone else feels about it. I That's kind of feel maybe the studio should have interfered, and I don't usually say yeah, that. Yeah, but it's A24, so I ain't going to happen. Yeah, I know. The only interfering they do is just not promoting your movie. <laughs> a- A24 would, like, intentionally release a bad product just so they could just continue to get their dick sucked by other directors. Like, oh, they let them do whatever they want. I'm going to have to mention I, this because, again, I, I can't help but notice just how very blatantly obvious it was. So right after the... Again, I called it the cheating scene because I'm pretty sure that's how Ari Aster labeled it in the script. He walks out of that uh, that check, and there's blood on his dick, and he's fully exposed to the world. Do you get it? And, Shout out to Hanging Dong, though. Yeah, I mean, any Bad movie props. where you hang brain, I mean, I gotta give it four stars. Sorry you don't like uh, dude dick, though. Anyway, it's the scene where uh, the girl's breaking down in the shack, and she's surrounded by the women, and they're breathing with her. Again, it's really obvious, but I still kind of liked it. I was like, okay, yeah. she's she's found something to sort of attach herself to. I think it's a good thing, but we took way too long to get there. And even that the, scene goes on probably longer than it ought to. It's the first time in the movie where she's, like, having these emotions. And someone's not just like, hey, baby, just go over there and, you know, take a minute to yourself. We'll be over here hanging. So one of the other things I want to mention is about the uh, the visual effects when they're tripping, which is, I think, the entire movie. Um it's one of these yep. things, I, I don't think that it's necessarily bad. This is actually going to be one of the better things, although I will follow it up with a criticism just to mollify Alex. It's Thank you. I, I, think, that, <laughs> I think the part of it is that 
first of all, the visual effects, the first time you see them, look pretty good. Everything's shifting and undulating, and speaking as someone who doesn't do anything harder than Coca-Cola, it, it just, it was you a nice thing to see. Thank you. Uh, it, it, was, it was kind of interesting to see, but more important than that was that most of it was tied with nature in two ways. One, you could see, like, grass growing out of her arm or her foot, or she could see, like, the leaves forming on her chair. It goes with how the cult and the rituals are all tied to nature. I like that. But even better is you notice in the background, you see the wind moving through the trees, and that, you can tell, is not, like, an extra effect. That's just the wind and the trees. That's actually nature. It It sort of merges those two. I really like that. Here's what I don't like. Remember that scene where it's very clear that that flower is breathing on her head? Yes. That was interesting the first time, and I, I <laughs> it was reminded me of one of those uh, scenes. I think Alex said on one of the podcasts, "Look, I can see it." Uh, one of those moments in <laughs> the theater, and I, I felt very proud of myself for being able to see it. I felt less proud as the next thirteen minutes featured. Look, look at the flower. You see that flower move? See it? Do you see it? Look, it went in, out, in. Like I just out. don't understand why. Like why? Was that a thing? And there's other things. So let me reference. Oh, spooky. It builds atmosphere. So let me reference. No, it uh, t- it I wasn't even looking. So I was just watching the boyfriend's face because that's what got me through that entire yeah. scene where it's just all these people at the table and he's just staring so intently like, oh God, oh fuck, oh God, oh fuck, oh God, oh fuck. You could hear his internal monologue. I, I think for me, the, the better one was like, and this is important to me. Remember how much I love the witch? I think one of the best parts of the witch is like a blinky miss it scene where it's showing like their crops and the corn and it has uh, that fungus on it, which causes hallucinations. It adds like a little extra depth to the movie where you really have to like think about it. And it's, it's that's cool. There's that scene where they're showing the, the table. This is about four and a half hours into the movie. And that meat is a rotting carcass and there's flies all over. I'm like, oh, they're eating fucked up food. Maybe that's getting their minds fucked up or something like that. But they never really go back to it. It's there, and they don't do anything with it. It's it's like a, kind of feels like a gutter wall there. I I, I don't know. I, I there's missed opportunities, and other times it's not dropping breadcrumbs; it's dropping entire slices. Yeah, it's, one last thing I do want to say is I really liked so the whole end with the sacrifice and all that. I love how just matter of factly it's shot. Like there's no weird. It's just a camera sitting there, like uh huh, and then we'll carry in um his face stretched over straw. And this guy has tree limbs. So oh, place that there. It's just so matter of fact. Yeah, this is what we do. I mean, this is just you know. I think I there's don't no like that. slick trick. I sorry, kind of do. Okay, I just like it's just like yep. This is this. I mean, this is what we do here. I mean, what what do you want? Some, for a movie that has a lot of unnecessary camera effects, I do kind of enjoy this. Just like yeah, this goes here, and this goes in this corner, and then we put the little shirt on this guy. And there we go. <laughs> well, just first of all, that's, that's a waste of a good scarecrow. And second of all, I just felt like, again, this was marketed as a horror movie. One that takes place Which, entirely in the day. Speaking of A24 and it comes at night, they love marketing things. It's like, actually, gotcha. Yeah, this is not a spoilers, nothing comes at night. Because remember, like, the final act of Hereditary. That's, like, the most clear, this is a horror movie, and this is really cool. Look at the effect. She's doing the thing <laughs> She's doing the thing from the Breakfast Club with that saw through her neck, and that's cool. Whereas with this, it's just like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, this is what it's all about. The sticks out of her mouth and everything. So I guess we should get to this. Maybe we should just mention, here's the spoilers right now. I'm going to use that as an edit point. Um, okay. So, uh, did anyone think of Workaholics? For sure. Absolutely I did. 
Bitch, better have my honey. (laughs) (laughs) This is the darkest sequel to Bear that I could have ever anticipated. (laughs) Maybe Christian knows more about her than she knows about herself. Did uh, did did any of you guys stay for the post-credit scene where the uh, I thought it was (laughs) the villagers remove their human suits and they're actually the bees from Bee Movie. (laughs) I thought it was very tasteless to have J. Jonah Jameson show up. Pagan ritual. Yeah, fucking Mary Sue just shows up and she can dance better than everyone. It's all right, uh, movie. It shows a lot of restraint on this movie's part, though. And they, you know, they're listing off the human sacrifices, and it's like, oh, four of these people and four of these people, and you in the bear suit. And at this <laughs> point, I was expecting them to look at the camera, and go, and also the Cheeto Man, because of all the mean Americans <laughs> that peed on our tree and don't respect our culture. Boy, this is the most alt right that Alex has ever gotten on here. He hates the woman in the movie. He's, he's defensive about the <laughs> Americans' portrayal. Just defend all the white guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Josh, he could have got me. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy definitely yeah, yeah, deserved yeah. it. I mean, you yeah. know his vibes. <laughs> I cannot believe there was not a single thing of like. He's probably the only black guy most of them have ever seen, right? Yeah. Like, if you think, like, honestly, <laughs> maybe that's what the guy was actually yelling about when uh, Mark was peeing on the tree. Whoa, no, 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 pee on the black guy. So. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, that's, please don't quote that, that out of context. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. Like, I wouldn't call this a horror movie, but Me also, either. what else would you call it? Yeah, well, they call that's it the a problem. horror movie. I mean, the director said, well, it's more of a breakup movie. Shut up, dude. But he also he said that, that it, with Hereditary, too. Yeah, but he also said that it's, right. like, it's, it's kind of a thriller. So. Yeah, he also <laughs> said that this was in the guise of a folk horror movie. But not really, because I've seen folk horror movies. The Wicker Man, that's a pretty good example. Here's the one Man, that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that movie scary. It's kind oh, of the Wicker the Man's vein, not scary like, at all. But no, it's the same kind of vein. Like there might be one or two things where like well, that's pretty fucked up. I can, but tell, other than that, I can like, tell how it was supposed to scare people though. Like I can understand yeah. what was going to be scary. That was probably scary in Britain in 1973. Let's be real. But this one, uh, just kind of. I, I don't know. It really was missing something. There was something either missing. Uh, I, again, it could be a lot longer. I do feel like something's going to have been cut down. Maybe don't breadcrumb so hard or use all of them if you're going to do that. You know, I just felt like I was left hanging on a couple of opportunities. Um, oh, I also want to mention, because this is all I could think about. So during the dance scene uh, where she has to keep dancing or something like that, which is obviously like predetermined what's going to happen there. Was Danny just Jamal Lewis? Because she is throwing her shoulder into people. They're going up to cleats <laughs> above the helmet and everything. <laughs> She's laying them the fuck out. Yeah. It's really good. Those girls get jacked up. <laughs> what is that killed them to play Ballroom Blitz during that scene. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Better move, right? Uh, yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> what, you think I'm going to deny it? Jeez. I, I don't know. I... Overall, it's I, I just feel like I, I it feels like sort of like setting it in the a tone I don't really like. I feel good, not great, but I definitely did not love this at all. No. Whereas Hereditary, I, I loved, especially the second time. The second time I watched Hereditary, I thought it was a lot more enjoyable. Whereas this, there's no way I'm going to watch this a second time. Yeah, it, it did, did not like this is my jam, so I will probably watch it again just because this I absolutely fuck with this type of movie. Like Chris, I remember when you watched The Black Coat's Daughter and had none of that, but I love that movie. Like this kind of stuff is my jam. But also, like if a friend texts me like, "You ever heard that movie? Sick. You want to go see it with me?" Like, nah, I already saw it. Well, Black Coat's Daughter was different. I really wanted to like this one, whereas Midsummer, uh, 
I, I have to admit, I went into the movie and I said, all right, go ahead, impress me. Hereditary was, was good. What are you going to do now that's going to be so great? And I was left wanting for most of it. The fact that I'm not even a little spooked walking around the forest at night with my dog, it says a lot. I, <laughs> I, should, be, I should be a little looking Maybe you should shoulder. go into a big-ass fucking field with no electricity and nothing cool to do. Not why would you really. go? That's that's my why biggest problem. You just, here. Why wouldn't you just stop with your dog and like piss on a tree and see what happens? Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Can't stop me. <laughs> Again, the guy well, never I mean, even apologizes. Uh, I, I have one last comment on this movie, which like I wrote down in big block letters. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, Parker, how pumped would you have been if an hour thirty into this Sasquatch showed up? Oh my fucking god, dude! <laughs> it's the <laughs> you perfect heard me setup screaming. for a surprise Squatch movie. Like what do you, you'll never get a better one. one of these. One of these fucking cowards is going to do it. And I'm going to be so happy. I'm pretty sure. Like, oh, yeah, there's a local legend around if here. Somebody ju- if somebody just did From Dust Till Dawn, but with a Sasquatch, like, holy shit. Imagine if they're going through that quilt at the end, you're like, yo, wait, what's that in the trees on that painting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the guy with the unclouded vision is the Swedish version of Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> frolicking about in the woods. Yeah. I don't know. I have to admit, that ending didn't really grab me. He's just sitting there. Although, I have to admit, I did kind of like the idea. It's like, oh, we're going to give you, like, some Novocaine, right? This way you won't feel the flames or something. And, and that guy's just screaming. It was yeah. a very much a the goggles they do nothing scene at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I like that because it's a human moment. Because if he had just sat there with a grin on his face while he's engulfed in flames like the cover of Wish You Were Here, that would have been really stupid. It would have, like, ruined the movie for me. But for him to start screaming, it's like, okay, there is something humanity going on over here. Uh, so actually, Alex, based on your assertion that that was in fact a rape scene, we're you're going with the belief that the rune worked and that wasn't just Christian doing it because of like drugs or something. Oh but yeah, even 100%. if the drugs, I guess. I have to admit, I'm not sure if I really buy into that. Maybe it's I just think the the rune is a bunch of wood and he's just sort of pressured into doing it and he ends up doing it because he doesn't feel any connection to Danny anymore. I think maybe that's what's holding me back. I don't know. Like all of yeah, that can all all of that can be true, but also like they went out of their way to put a love rune scene with like a spell and like a tapestry that tells you how the spell works. Like, I know that's they true. did. I guess yeah. Even if it doesn't work, like, like you're still framing yeah, it. Like, e- even if you are one hundred percent right, that's still in the movie. Like I, I know it's in the movie, but I, I'm just not entirely sure that. I think they maybe should have made it like a little bit more clear that some of the stuff is supernatural, but it has to be like one really quick scene or something. I, are, like, are, does any point in this movie like lead you to believe that like the devil magic isn't real? Because it sure feels real. It didn't, I mean, and I don't. I would say that none of the moments in this movie made me feel that the devil magic was real. I don't know. As yeah, someone who is always willing to take the. Oh no, there's ghosts route. I just assumed they were just tripping balls on mushrooms mostly. I mean, well, when they had the Lord whole that, like yeah. when they finally bothered to subtitle one of the rituals, it was before the dance scene, and they're like, ah, yes, and this represents the day where the black one claimed all of our women or whatever it was. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. There is no some more in this Josh. universe. Like, they're just yeah, yeah. I was waiting for one of you guys. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I didn't want it to be me. I know what I sound like. <laughs> I I have to admit I just didn't ever feel like it was real. Whereas with the witch, it's a little obvious the witch with the end. But yeah. like, I wish they leaned more into it. Like hereditary, like you could be like, well, you know, she does have these the psychosis maybe, but like it's pretty clear that it's real here. I don't know. It's a couple dropped lines. Got some quilts. Go a little. 
You got almost three goddamn hours. Like, let's leave <laughs> well, it here. Alex, let me explain it to you like this. You ever watch Uh-oh. Penn and Teller's bullshit? You know, I'm <laughs> oh, a bit actually. of a libertarian. And <laughs> oh, that really... I'm like what you call a skeptic. I don't believe in ghosts. I can't do a pendulum voice. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, there are points of hereditary where I don't remember what exactly was the point where I'm like, oh, it's all real. I think maybe it's when she starts swimming through the air in the bedroom. And I was like, oh, oh, that's what they're going with. Thank you. I was really hoping it would happen. Whereas I can in- see the wires. That's fake. She's not really flying, guys. I disagree. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and it, it, this... I never really got that, and I just, I think that's my perspective, I, I never really felt that it was real. I think that he he cheated on her because he wanted to, and he didn't feel any more connection to her, and the drugs certainly helped. I think the drugs did like 98% of the lifting. I think you attributed yeah. this more to the rune scene, and that's totally respectable because he saw the mural and he saw the rune. I Maybe it's just I don't buy that bullshit. Like, I believe they all believe it's real. Oh, yeah. thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is one, one thing I always enjoy about folk is, like, they're, everyone is always just unwavering of, like, yeah, it's kind of fucked, but no, that's how it is here. No, you just fucking jump off oh, and yeah. die. Like, I've always enjoyed that of, like, there's no second guessing what they do. But also, like, you gotta give me something. Man. I, I think else, like one of the things, or else that, she just put a rock under his bed and then <laughs> drugged him and raped him. I, I think like one of the scenes that, uh, or one of the scenes they didn't have in this movie that I'm really glad they didn't have is they didn't have like the village elder who's just doing this all for power or money or control or something like that, which you get in like a whole lot of these other movies, and they know it's all this bullshit religion. I'm just misleading people. No, they really believe in the pew pie, you know? That is true. The first time they were like, oh yeah, that house, we don't go in there. It was like, if there's some old motherfucker, I don't need a, I don't need the end of Snowpiercer in this movie. Right, yeah. I don't mind the end of Snowpiercer, but I do not want it in this movie. Oh, here's another drop ball. Okay, so Simon is gone, and we know immediately he's dead, right? Like, let's not oh, fucking correct. Back. We know he's dead. Uh... And then she's baking meat pies. I'm like, I've seen Sweeney Todd. Okay, where's yeah. his toe going to be? They never do that. It, it just feels Deadass, like when they pulled out for, the right? pube, I just assumed it like, oh no, they just cooked him. It's his actual hair. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I figured Because I've completely forgotten about the quilt. Okay, so here's something I was discussing with uh, my friend after the movie. So we counted up. There were nine sacrifices at the end of the movie, right? Four of them were the outsiders, Josh, Mark, Simon, Connie, right? And four of them were cult members, one of which was Ingmar. The other one was that old guy who, again, the goggles, they do nothing. And a final living victim, which was Christian. Now, how do you get nine? I only listed seven right there. The other two were, according to Wikipedia, which I guess I trust in this case, two unidentified elders. For a while after the movie, we were like, wait a second, her dream sequence, when she saw their faces reforming, did... They were they trying to imply that they were sacrifices who came back, and if so, why didn't they do anything with that? And in this case, no, they chose two nameless, faceless individuals as sacrifices. That to me is worthless. You have to do something with that. You can't just be like, oh, it's some guy. There's two faceless people. Then make it seven. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah, exactly. Wait, was, I, it, was it not supposed to be the two old people? I thought it was the two old people. According to Wikipedia, two unidentified elders. 
I mean, were they I, I, technically I, identified? I, at that point, like, no disrespect to Wikipedia, but, like, I'm going to trust my own viewing of the movie on that. In which so I you think it was, was, you think it was the two people yeah. who jumped off, right? Yeah, and, 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 and if, if, if the director comes out and says, oh, no, actually, it's these other two people that don't matter, like, good for you, man. It, I, okay, sure. I'm not don't sure. Don't give me that it's in the extended universe bullshit. No, I know what I saw. I, I don't know that I bought that because I never really picked up on that. My friend, he's like, well, maybe. The more that we talked about it. But, like, how did their faces reform? If their faces reformed, fine. I will, I will give you their, their devil magic works, and that was a rape scene. But, dude, I, what, what I, are you, I, I, don't, I don't understand, like, what you're talking about. Like, why does their faces reforming have anything to do with this? Like, everybody else died before they went in that barn, too. Like, Well, because their faces were intact in the barn. We didn't see any smashed up faces. Uh, we saw a bunch of, oh, like, yeah. scarecrows and stick figures and stuff. Yeah, yeah but the faces were intact there because you saw, like, sticks coming out of it. How else could you fit the sticks in their mouth? I don't know if they all had faces, but also I'm not going to go back to the theater. I, that one I remember very clearly. I, if they if the faces were reformed, fine, I guess, but I don't know that I buy it. I, I'll, actually, I'll pivot to a scene that I, I did like. So Danny is crowned May Queen. What could be better? And she's walking Slay. through, and everyone's like, uh, shut up. And everyone's congratulating her. <laughs> And she sees her mother and father in the crowd. I like that. That was a good, decently subtle touch that was almost, but not quite, ruined when she said, Mom? He's like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, I, I know. All right. I have a lot of feelings like I had with us. of just like, I like a lot of things in here, but together it's just not... Wasn't this easier to understand than us, though, in a really obvious way? But also, I really want to watch us again more. Oh, wow. oh hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be revisiting that at some point. Yeah, this, yeah, I just um, like less so. Y'all didn't apparently love the performances. I thought just about everyone was good. I thought they were good I, enough. I didn't. I, I don't I think anyone. Yeah, I wasn't actor. blown away. Like it was fine. I, I think I just like the characters more than the performances. I didn't mind most of the camera tricks. I lo- I loved like how much detail was just in every single wall in that village. Like I wanted to walk around and read it all. Oh, I can simply say I didn't I want to walk around in that village at all. That seems boring. True. <laughs> like I liked all the individual pieces, but like I just. Even I, who has had some relationships <laughs> issues in the past, which is all I'll say about that, who would connect more than the two of you? Like, just I just I didn't grab hold of anything to it. The sum of the parts just all right. It's pretty good. I don't know. These people are saying it's better than Hereditary or uh, their goddamn minds. Who said that? I no I, I think that. the so like my final takeaway of this movie is I feel like this is a movie for dumb people to think they're smart. And hey, I think those are exactly those people. Like, no wonder I liked it so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't think this is, like, a smart movie in any way. Like, oh, I, definitely I, I, not. No, no, it's not smart. I mean... Like, although I'm repeating myself, this is entirely my jam, but also... It's going to be a while before I ever watch this again. But also, It'll be like a year from now, I'll go like, I should give that another shot. That's how I see myself rewatching. I, I think this. I'd rather word it as, like, this movie is not as... <clears throat> this movie is not as smart as it thinks it is. You know, this is really trying to pre- play up like, oh, you really got to think about it. But at the same time, it's not a moron movie. It's like, Trust no, you me, don't. Like, I know. You don't, you have to think about it. No, they're going to show up, they're going to die one by one, and then we're going to wicker man this. Like, yeah, yeah I, I've seen a movie before, man. Like, For not... sure. Hey, remember when I said we weren't going to have anything to talk about with this movie? An and hour later. <laughs> and you know what? Contingency plans are important. Because sometimes you sit through two hours of Harry Hole and you go, well, his name is Harry Hole, and that's funny. And also, Val Kilmer <laughs> looks weird.
the lessons well. The light that shines through everything, the light is true, the lessons learned, this song of you and me. And that's the tea, sis. Thank <laughs> you.